See, that's my Westworld <laughs> brain that I go, that's the logical conclusion. And then I go, yeah, but these fuckers are anything but logical. <laughs> so true. Welcome back to the What's Our Verdict TV podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with two of my co-hosts, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. And Ian Anderson. Some shit. All right. Today, we will be reviewing Westworld Season 3, Episode 6, Recoherence. Um, craziness has ensued, fellas. A lot of happened in this episode. I'll jump right in. Just We were just talking about this before we started, so I'll just jump right in. Recoherence, the title, it is based in quantum mechanics. Basically, the gist that I read, because most of it was way over my head, is that when a system is in place in quantum mechanics, it will remain in coherence. Basically, it was always believed that it would remain in coherent inevitably, so it'll never come out of coherence. But there was a theory introduced that if something got into the system or something was introduced to the system that could cause the change, then recoherence would happen, and it would have to basically change, adapt, and then get back, get itself back into coherence, so that, that it was basically a new system. And so that is at least my interpretation of the very complex quantum mechanics information I read through this evening before the episode started. I was like, I am not smart enough for this shit. I guess our my our question to our resident Westworlder is why that title, JJ, based off what you watched today. Well, I think there's a number of systems that are being that were in place that you can start to see having to adapt and find their recoherence, right? Get back into being a coherent system. Mm -hmm. One of them being William, probably the most prominent in this episode. Mm -hmm. You see, he's completely reset himself by, you know, spoiler alert, mutilating all of his other personalities, whether that means that just the violent one remains, just the nice one, or just a, the perfect cohesion of all of his personalities, which I really loved that scene with all of the Williams. It was pretty awesome. It's pretty dope. Yeah, it was good. Um, the other system, obviously, is Rehoboam. You saw that it was way out of whack. You could see that, the, oh, yeah. you know, that visual of the eclipse was way out of whack, and then it started to come back into a perfect form after Delos was taken over and all that information was destroyed. Supposedly um, we didn't get to see it near the end, but we did see it at one point, go back into perfect cohesion. And then um, obviously with the big wrench that was thrown into Dolores' system is the problem is now is she's gone and pissed off. Maeve. Oh, yeah. So, at, you know, there was a point where even at the beginning, when you were, when you first are introduced to Dolores sitting there in the chair, you know, the, the Connell's version of Dolores sitting in that chair and they were talking even before she started talking to her. She didn't, she said, I don't know that I want to destroy her. I don't want to fight. There was a lot of apprehension there with, with Hector gone. Oh boy. I don't think that's going to be a problem anymore. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think she's got the full onslaught of, of Maeve and whoever it is that was rebuilt and coming out of the, the milky liquid as at the end of Maeve's scene there. Yeah. Who do you think it is? Because now that Hector's gone. I have no idea. My best guess, even though it feels a little on the nose with what's going on, is another version of Maeve. Or I would imagine, so the, I can't remember her name, Hakate, I think maybe, the one with the snake tattoo. Oh, yeah, 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 the blonde one. She was mm -hmm. always part of that group. Yeah, she was always part of that group with Hector. It could easily be, shoot, what's his name? 
Anyway, I can't think of his name. It'll come to me after we stop talking about it. And then the other one is the other prostitute that was like the host killer at the end. Clementine. Clementine. Because if they brought her back with her distorted code, the hosts would, except for Maeve, if they got in contact with hosts, the hosts would go crazy still. It's true. So it's an interesting concept there. Can Maeve do anything to Dolores in the real world? Can she can can she control her? She can't control her. I think that they showed that with the Musashi. Yeah, because that fight scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Musashi version of Dolores. I think Dolores is a is woke enough that she can't be controlled by Maeve. But I do think that you know she can obviously do enough or with the systems around her, like you know the big robot at the end that Dolores used to get out of that. You know the the new Charlotte Dolores used to get out of there. Wouldn't matter with Maeve. She could shut that shit down. Yeah. Or control it herself. So that part was pretty awesome. And I think Dolores lost Charlotte. I think that version of Dolores is not going to be on Dolores Prime's side anymore. Well, I think so. Cause that, that was actually my, one of my questions to the group. So when that, uh, for one, that scene was freaking amazing with the, what happened. And I, I watched the makeup that they did with that character and everything to, to build it up. Pretty sweet. But when she crawled out, when Charlotte Hill crawled out and looked kind of beyond the fire and everything, it just had me wondering, is she more mad at Dolores and saying, screw her, like I'm, I'm going my own way? Or is she going to be mad at like Ciroc and Maeve and take out her anger from killing her family there? I'm not sure one way or the other. I think it could go either way or both ways, to be honest. I think for me, if I was thinking as that Charlotte in my brain would think, I would go after, you know, Ciroc to a level and then I would go after Maeve and I would seem to Dolores that I was still on point in the group. And then at the last minute, keep that trust and then turn my back on her at the end. Oh, that's some deep thoughts into that, JJ. <laughs> Devious shit. Yeah, <laughs> devious shit go after all of them but that's what like or if i was writing this character that's how i write that because it's going to be easier for her to keep dolores's trust she's already blown any trust she had with Sirach's side so it'll be easier for her to keep dolores's trust Mm. oh yeah and then turn around and realize she knows she's been screwed either way she wanted out of it she tried to get out of it and dolores wouldn't let her and so because of that her family that she was coming to care for and was going to run away and disappear with is now dead because of it yeah i I don't think i don't think her and dolores prime are going to be on the same page dolores prime optimus prime (laughs) that's 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 what the uh, community i can't take credit that's what the community has come to call the main dolores is dolores prime (laughs) dolores prime i'm wondering where the german the one that's in germany there was a germany reference to a dolores that was there that we still haven't seen who that character is in the Nazi wartime? No, no, yeah. <laughs> no, the, the I can't remember where it was because she took the five pearls or what are there's five total pearls. There was another anomaly that they mentioned last episode and the episode before, I believe, that there was one in Germany, and that's the one we haven't met yet. So we know Musashi. Oh. We knew Connells. We knew Dolores herself, and then we knew Charlotte. But there was one in Germany that we weren't aware of. Do we only have two episodes left of this season? Yes, season episode seven episode eight man they i am more curious about how they're gonna wrap a bow on this season because there's so much up in the air where i'm like i don't even know how they're gonna come to some sort of season resolution because clearly i mean there obviously is more seasons to come but i feel like there's a lot up in the air for two episodes to bring to a conclusion of some sorts 
yeah, it's they've got the work cut out for them. They've got a lot of open storylines right now. Uh, yeah, they have. A, I mean, because we didn't. I mean, it's at the end of the episode, but Bernard and Stubbs out of left field like that. I was like, what? Like those are literally like the last people I expected to see as the episode ended. And and here they are. And so maybe finally too bad Javier's not on this one that Bernard will figure something out and use the man in black to finally grow grow a pair and do something. But <laughs> Yeah. And that's I, I meant to text you guys earlier in the week when I was watching the third my third watching of last week's. They they actually did point out so when Connells shows an image to he's showing him the screen with all the, you know, meltdown shit that's going on mm-hmm. and we're all so and he showed the location these locations of these uh in fact i texted you guys about it that that william was in one of the the reprogramming centers that Sirac had built so i texted you guys that what i didn't text you is connell's also points out to th- he gives him data that sends him gives bernard data that sends him to that location uh-huh. that she put the man in black in so the man in black and Bernard and Stubbs being together oh gosh is part of Dolores's plan because Connell's gave her gave him that data yeah that's what I was wondering because I think Charlotte Hill mentions in this episode something like our our mutual friend uh, the tag on his you know blood or whatever that they put in mm-hmm. pings right and that's kind of how they were able to find yeah yeah where he was located correct Good point, Ian. I was going to bring that up. Really salt. Yeah. That was my, like, oh, I was like, I feel like a JJ. I remembered this one thing that happened a while back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what Stubbs and Bernard can do under the leadership of William, especially this new and improved hero William, as he called himself to Daddy Delos. But let's talk about that for a second because it was really good to see Jimmy Beck as the young William. Um, and I loved the different versions. So you had the current William who's in his straight jacket. You had the businessman William who was, you know, this great human being that's done so much for the world. Philanthropist. Yeah, philanthropist. Always a nice guy. Then you had the man in black who was just the villain of all the Williams playing the game in the park. Then you had the little kid who obviously we got to see that even as a child, he had some of these tendencies that played out in the park and he had denied himself those things as an adult for a long time. So I was very interested at those, the dynamic there. What did you guys think? Honestly, uh, Matt's in here and my, my wife is a a therapist, a residential therapist. And I I couldn't just help thinking, I mean, throughout the episode with the, the AR, the augmented reality that he went through and, Speaking of the therapist, that whole scene kind of culminated with all the different Williams. And then it just, I was kind of in awe. I was like, man, if we can get to this type of technology, the the leaps and bounds that we'll have come to in helping solve mental illnesses seems incredible. And that was my first initial thought, but then kind of just settled in. Or cause more. Or yeah, I was going to say, or, or the opposite for sure. But I thought that scene was extremely well acted because each of the Who's the man in black? What's his the actual er, the character's name or actor's name? I always forget. Ed Harris. I mean, Ed Harris. Like play. I mean, he played each of those personalities just so well. Uh, I mean, I, that's what I, I left that most impressed. Just the ability to switch 
to each one and know exactly, hey, this is who I need to be. And it was just cool to see a character that you've seen throughout seasons and the different types of them all culminate into one scene. I mean, that's a pretty unique scene in my opinion. I thought it was very well done and really insightful into one of the best characters of Westworld. I thought it was pretty interesting too, just the idea of being able to talk to different parts of yourself like that. I can see being very beneficial. I could also see that being very damaging. Really scary. And so that's how I was like, I was kind of wondering, did this do good or did this just drive him further down the crazy train? Because now he's, uh, he's believing he's the hero, correct? Like that's what he came out like, I'm the good guy. So I'm kind of curious to see what that means in later episodes. So we'll find out. What I thought is interesting too, I don't know if that was absolutely intended because it sounds like they left him there in the midst of the chaos. So I'm not sure if the therapist would have stepped in and be like, whoa, like, uh, let's let's pause here. But the simulation just kept going. So I wondered about that too, but he came to his own resolution and we don't really know what the good uh, man in black means at this point. I just love that he literally, like, I wasn't surprised, but I was. Like, I saw it coming that obviously the rest of them weren't going to be a thing by the end of it. Like, they were just going to go away. But I was not expecting to come back to slaughtered Williams <laughs> and then him beating the shit out of younger William with a chair. I was like, this is amazing. And all younger William could do is shout at him, I was the good best part of you. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest thing. And Daddy Delos is just sitting in the chair laughing his ass off at the whole fucking thing. I was like, this is beautiful. I this is this is the kind of crazy ass shit that I love about this show. That it just cuts and I'm like, oh, look at all these dead Williams. He's killed every other version of himself in his mind. It's great. I'm glad they didn't show him killing his child version. That was true. Smart. That would have been uh might have been a little much. <laughs> yeah. But on that same token, I was Another shock that got me was the exploding car at the end that killed the Charlotte's family. I was not like, normally I'm pretty good at catching some of these things and thinking she, and I thought maybe they would catch her at a different season and maybe Dolores was Dolores would catch up to her after she caught, got away. When that truck blew up, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was, I was shocked. I was like, they just killed her family. Now she's fucking pissed at the world too. Oh my God. There's a lot of angry sons of bitches in this show now. So it should be interesting. That's funny that you say that because as soon as they got in the car and she said, I'm going to keep you safe. I was like, they're going to kill him. They're all dying. They're all dead. Yeah. I thought that too. And sure enough, it took a little second because they did give it a hesitation. Like normally when that happens, it's like, I'm going to keep you safe and boom, it happens. But yeah. she, she kind of paused and was like, okay, all right. I'm going to keep you safe. Okay. And then it happened. I was like, oh, pause for effect. Okay. So. Yeah. And it, another thing that I loved and that made me feel very at home with this show again is I've never been, and I told you guys before, I'm like, I don't dislike Dolores per se, but I've never been a fan of Dolores. She's always been really whiny to me and she's always just been really shitty once she went. Like she's always full blown asshole for the most part, except with Teddy and Teddy's gone. And so today that phone call when, when Charloris or Charlotte, whatever called and was panicking and telling her, you know, this is a bad thing, you know, whatever's happening. I don't want to sacrifice. I need to get out my family, blah, 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 blah. And she was just complete dick yep. the, the, on the phone. And I was like, see, now I'm back to hating Dolores and all is right with the world. Like I, 
the last couple of episodes, I've started to be like, I really like Dolores right now. I really, and I'm, it was really t- tearing me up inside because I don't want to like Dolores. <laughs> so I was really happy to be back today going, you fucking bitch. I hate you so much. <laughs> so that made me happy. What else? Have I, I was glad to see the robot in action. The big giant. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the fight scenes are. Uh, although I have, I get annoyed, JJ, and I should say Ian too. Like the elevator scene with that guy that came in, where they were playing off like they weren't going to fight. Of course, they were. These these robots, like that guy, is big, has a lot of muscle, and yeah, I guess that Charlotte Dolores is a robot, and maybe she knows where to punch and stuff. And I'm like, his force should be greater than hers, and and I struggle with those scenes because I'm like, shouldn't he like? at least hit her and she gets knocked back. It never seems like stuff like that happens. And then Charlotte Dolores, obviously being a robot, is very accurate with their guns and everything. It seems like no one can really hit them. But yeah, she got hit twice. But I'm like, there's all these bullets and they seem like invincible. (laughs) And that's just, I feel like they're like the Terminator in a sense. Yeah. Well, to a certain degree, they are. And I can get on board with them getting hit multiple times, but I, I just, I think they had way too much automatic gunfire and not enough hits. Because holy cow, like there were times where these two guys, she has her back turned and they just like open fire and they can't hit anything. (laughs) It's like the whole point of an automatic weapon is so that you can just spray a bunch downfield and you're eventually just going to hit something. Anyways, that was my biggest beef with this episode. And I got to be honest with the the riot machine, if it doesn't shoot anything, like there was a couple of scenes where they started to shoot at the riot machine. And especially when they were out in like this grand courtyard, I was like, well, why don't they just run around it and then keep shooting her if all it does is slowly come at you? But I mean, whatever. It looked really cool. (laughs) Well, I mean, the guy in the hallway was the best. Oh, yeah. Smushes his ass against the wall. He's like shaking. Yeah, his legs are twitching and shit. Yeah, I love that. I have a hard time believing that's an actual riot robot because what kind of riot robot just decimates the crowd? You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that's all it was capable of doing. Well, like even like, why would you build a riot robot that pretty much just smashes people? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she overrode the programming and... Another similar beef on in that same scene, I do have a problem with if Sorak is this smart and knows at that point that Dolores Charlotte Hale is the imposter, is the host in the company, and they're copying these new Maeve and Hector and whoever else is coming out, why would you not have that place locked down where they're printing them and everything? That that was surprising to me when because he knew that she was the imposter at that point why wouldn't you protect that area of the company knowing if hey if this is dolores she's a host in here the next logical move for her is going to be to destroy the host that you're printing well and i think that comes down to his own pride in the boardroom you could tell he thought he had her until she poisoned the entire board and everyone in the room with that that machine so i think it comes down to is he thinks he's smarter than everyone else all the time okay and it's starting to backfire on him so i think that was his whole idea i'm going to lock down this building i'm going to put her in a position to prove she's either dolores or she's not i think she was probably the sole focus on him his sole focus for the most part to begin with the fact that she proved that wrong or proved it right that it was dolores it it is what it is but i think that's what it comes down to is she played on that thing that he's not aware of and that's that he's not as smart as he always thinks he is and so he didn't have to lock it down 
that can that can work for me. That, that can work. I can I can get around to that. Um, at this point, are we confident that Sorak is human? It sure seems like to me he is because that hologram scene. He took off his glasses and then it flashed to him taking them off. To I think he's a real human being, but do we not? It seems like he's still alive. He he could be, and I you know I I wish I had better evidence to say that he wasn't. I still. I'm not 100% that he's human. I still think he is host. There's a part of me. I should say there's a part. They've given a lot of things that say that he's human, then he's real. But they do that shit all the time in this show. Like they, they don't leave you open to catch shit like that unless you're really paying attention. But why would he be a host? What What hunch do you have? For me, it's still about the fact that I feel like he is Rohoboam's so this Rehoboam program is the thing, right? It's what controls everything. I can't imagine, I guess I sh- I shouldn't say that. Like I said, he's either the most terrible human being on the planet or he's Rehoboam's mo- mobile version, right? He's the reason that he can go out. Now, I say that because two things. The first one is the more logical reason. I have a hard time believing that, I guess I don't have a hard time, but I, I want to have a hard time believing that a human being could be that obsessive about controlling other humans for the sake of peace. You're willing to do a lot of nasty shit to control human beings and have the quote unquote peace to the point that you, you know, I could see him doing something with small amounts of people, but you're reprogramming and then running the lives of the entire human race. I could see a machine doing that and being that passionate about getting back on track. I think a human being would have a hard time. My thought is and this is all speculation, but my thought is is that at some point, the real Ciroc said, I can't, this is too much. I want to guide the human race, but I can't just take complete control. And Rehoboam went, nah, fuck you. Right? We have to do this because it's this is what you programmed me to do. And so now Rehoboam has replaced him. That's And like I said, it, it probably isn't true because everything they're pointing at is that this guy's human. But I still have some piece of me that thinks that there's something wrong with this dude and it might be the the i could see because if you're a hobo and you realize if you have a profile in everyone and then you realize you're still being controlled by one human being then logically all the movies we've seen all the ai and everything we read that machine would decide nope i'm i can't be at the whims of a human that's ultimately guiding my decisions and can trump me we need to eliminate this so can i can I believe that? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, every movie we've seen would lead us to believe that. Do I think that's necessarily true in this circumstance? I don't know. Cause like you said, we, most of the evidence is pointing towards he's human, but like West Wilders, no, they always have a twist. So could happen for me. I don't think it will change the story either way. If he turns out to be human, honestly, I think I'd like that more. I'd like him to be human personally. I think it, it just has more of an emotional connection for me. But if he turns out to be a robot, I won't be surprised. I'll be like, okay, like I can see that happening. Yeah. Go ahead, Ian. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you got, you got, yeah. um, uh, no, I was just going to say, I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving Rehoboam enough credit, but I always looked at that as more of the tool in Ciroc's hands rather than kind of the one pulling the strings. Um, Cause to me, it looks like Rehoboam is this complex tool where you dump all the data in and the predictions come out. And he's trying to pick through those predictions and say, this is where I want the human race to go based on what this is telling me. If I change this or adjust this, 
this is the outcome that comes out of Rehoboam. That's what I want to push towards. So I, I mean, it's, I think it's a complex AI like tool, but I don't think it's something that's like running the world. I think it was built to predict and that's what it's doing. So I don't know, maybe I haven't given it enough credit or picked up on enough stuff. I think the more you talk about it, you know, I, if going to the example of this season and knowing what's happened to Rehoboam with Insight and Dolores kind of showing everyone's profile, if this machine is all powerful and more of what JJ has described that it literally killed the individual that created it, I would think that it, if it was that powerful, it would have put a stop to what was happening to it and said, nope, like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to figure this out. So that's where it would lead me to believe since it is a tool of a human being, although a very powerful tool, that's why I feel like it could be more manipulated. But if it really was a machine and they're going up against another machine being Dolores, I would think it would have more knowledge to win that fight. But if it's a human being that's running this really powerful tool, that seems more believable to me how Dolores could infiltrate that and and use it to her whim. So wait, real quick, you said Rehoboam killed who created it? That's my theory. That's what JJ was saying, that it oh that it killed Sorak and then made a, a host version of it that is Sorak, but really Rehoboam. Oh, I thought we were talking about Sorak's brother or something. Okay, never mind. Whoop, yeah, no, no, you're good. So I was it is, so I was just saying that if it really was that smart to do that, to eliminate the person that created it and its brother, because it would have effectively done that as well, then how could Dolores just really come trump this whole situation if it was that smart? So that's to me where I think it is, it is like you said, a really powerful tool run by a human being and therefore more easily infiltrated by someone like Dolores. Yeah, I could see that speculation. All speculation. We don't know. Well, I mean, and you know, listening to Ian, that's probably like so. That's the more logical mm-hmm. explanation, right? That's and that's probably what it is. You're probably spot on, and I'm probably that's what they want us to think. Well, and that see, that's my Westworld <laughs> brain that I go. That's the logical conclusion, and then I go, yeah, but these fuckers are anything but logical. <laughs> so true. It's true. That's why I I can't help myself but to go down the wormhole of you know, the rabbit hole of, holy shit, what is this actually? But you're probably right in this, because it's also been a very straightforward season. You know, if they have a secret or they have some sort of mystery that's going on, they pretty much give the answer pretty quickly. Like it's not, they've been giving it within an episode or two almost every time. The only one that's still lingering heavily from start to finish is who is Caleb? You know, what's Caleb's real story? What's his situation? That's We're going to find that out next episode. I would imagine that they're going to have to do something. I would hope so. Chances are usually, so the penultimate episode is when they usually drop the bomb, the big reveal, right? So it's episode nine in the last two seasons is when all of the timeline shit came back together. Uh, I guess that's not true. Episode 10, the last episode last season was when all of the real bombs were dropped with, with, Bernard and yeah, it, so it, there's a lot of opportunity. It could be this next episode. It could be the episode after, but it's got to be coming. And I think that'll be the big bomb that gets dropped, whether he's real, whether it's he's been reprogrammed. I know the new theory out there in the the interwebs is that he's related to Sirac in some way. Like maybe he's a nephew, so he has some of the same. That's why he's such a, an outlier is because he's you know from that same bloodline who obviously. His brother was an outlier, a very heavy outlier. In my opinion, there's no way he's not some form of outlier himself. If he is human, Sirach's an outlier because he has the ability to manipulate this thing and change it and to stay, you know, probably because he's the man, 
he's able to stay outside the prediction window. But if I had to guess, he's very similar in the fact that he's he has the ability to be an outlier. Interesting. I thought this episode had a lot of uh, really impactful quotes. Um, the first being, can't remember, is towards the beginning of the episode, but it was, oh, it was Sirach talking to Maeve in the simulation, I guess, where he said, basically, you have no past, meaning because as these machines, they have perfect recall. And I thought that was really interesting, just trying to conceptualize that as a human being, where you guys know, I mean, we have traces of our childhood memory, things you remember really well, things that you kind of remember, and things that obviously we just don't remember. And to be able to have perfect recall, I feel like that would be kind of traumatizing in some senses and also good in other areas. Uh, but I was trying to really wrap my head around that and just be like, wow, like that would be so different from a humanity standpoint to have that ability. And then there's a couple... Uh, other quotes that I thought were interesting, uh, the man in black when he was in therapy uh, with that group therapy, asking that guy, uh, he's like, do you believe in Santa Claus too? That that was really funny, just kind of <laughs> challenging him. And then further going into his monologue about we're basically all maggots eating a corpse. I was like, dude, like that is deep. If he really believes that he's a troubled, troubled soul. And then the last kicker for me was Dolores on the conversation with uh, Dolores Charlotte Hale. Um, saying she, Dolores Charlotte was like, why do we have these emotions? And she said, if we change ourselves to survive, would it really even matter? And again, that was another just weighty comma. Where I was like, yeah, like there'd be no point. Like, but also at the same time, I don't really know what Dolores's point is. So it was also not a confusing comment, but there's a, enough about Dolores that I still don't understand what she is fully trying to achieve. And I'm curious to see what that really is. I'd say that's probably the big question mark for me is what Dolores's aims are, especially when it comes to Bernard and Stubbs. Yeah, it's confusing. I And that's where I'm wondering if the reveal will be something along Dolores's lines or something else. But I don't know. Uh, that's my biggest question mark, I think, is kind of understanding Dolores and what she's trying to do and her aims and what the result that she's shooting for. Boys, I feel like I've brought you into the world of Westworld and corrupted <laughs> your souls. That was some very deep, interesting shit that I just heard, and I'm very proud. I, I feel like <laughs> this proud papa sitting over here because I was like, to be honest with you, I was so wrapped up in the fact that I was pissed at Dolores, you know, the way she was treating Hale. I was like, I heard the conversation, but I didn't really catch the depth of that comment, right, of the emotion thing. It, it was weighty, very weighty comment. Yeah, that's heavy as shit. And I did laugh at the fact that you know, the whole, because I make that joke all the time, right? Like, because you guys know, like, the, the Santa Claus joke, the Easter Bunny, I I like to be pissed people off sometimes. <laughs> and so when people start talking about shit, I'll be like, oh, yeah, well, the Easter Bunny's coming to hang out later, too. So, so I, when he said that, like, I literally laughed out loud because I was like, yeah, that's my joke. I love it. So it was really interesting. But it, yes, I love that conversation. I was thinking the same thing. His whole diatribe about the fact that we're leeches on the earth and we're just destroying we're here to destroy we're a parasite we're bugs i, I don't remember the exact wording all the whole through but i did love how he's just downplaying the human race as just trash or maggots or it was it was very deep a lot of deep thoughts in this whole episode really i was well i mean i read off four of those quotes and i mean they all can get you can go on a binge thought process and and work through them so for me that's where Westworld definitely elevates itself. It's a show that can just has a high moral ground, things that you can consider 
just really diving into the weeds, but it's also beautifully crafted visually um, that it carries itself along. It, but there's thankfully this episode had some good action, but it's it's definitely something that I would say it leans more on the cerebral side without a doubt, more so than the action eye candy than other shows that I've seen. And to me, the season's gone really well. I've I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been very different. A lot of people out there in the this is another thing that's got a ruckus in the interwebs is people that are huge fans of the first two seasons haven't been as much of this one yeah you were telling me about this jj last week and i love it like i it's different and i had to adjust right and that's why i still going down these weird rabbit holes and i probably dig deeper than this season requires me to dig deeper because i'm so used to the first season and the second season where you have to pay attention to all the little details to figure out what's going on because that's it does it never moved fast enough to find some of the episodes were rather boring if you weren't looking for the small details. And so for me, I've really enjoyed this season because it's almost even enhanced these episodes a lot for me because I go, it's straightforward, but I'm still looking at the details. So it's very interesting to me. I did love the visuals since you brought that up. One of the most powerful visuals of this episode was when they were bringing William down the hall and he was on drugs. They've inserted his, the tap thing. Oh, and they had him and the sedated and the lady he was just meeting with walked off her desk mm-hmm. and hung herself because her husband was taking the kids based on their profiles. I was like, oh, my God. And I loved that they just took the, the little extra time at the beginning of this episode to sh- continue to show the weight of the decision that was made last episode of releasing all of that data to the point that this seemingly good woman that was trying to help people, albeit in a shitty way, just walked off a desk and hung herself based on something that was sent out by Dolores, who, for all intents and purposes, what she shows right now, at least, is her intention is to save everyone from this loop, this loop that they're in because of this machine. So it was very, I like that contradiction of good versus evil throughout this episode, just like Dolores told Maeve, you're not, you're not good, but you're also not a villain, right? I liked that a lot. Cool. Any other thoughts on this episode, boys? The dental implant, that visual for me, JJ, was oh, oh. the visual and then the audio of the drills are like uh. a ton of those drills. Because that's my I hate the dentist and that's the worst. So that was my only clarification. What is that? What is that? Why did they put that in? That allowed them to help with the hallucination, like the AR thing, or what was that for? Everything I've seen so far, it's a drug administration tool. Okay. So, and we obviously saw with Caleb, his is more high tech because of the military upgrades. And so his is able to change their effects of their body based on that. But to me, it seems like some sort of chemical. It allows the drugs to probably be induced quicker because it takes it straight to your brain, basically. Yeah. And then in the first episode, the guy, the guy that Dolores ends up having to kill himself by trying to kill her and falling in the pool. He was using it to like dream. Yeah, to like go to sleep. Uh-huh. So there's obviously yeah, there's obviously things that it's it's distributing chemicals in some way, shape, or form, whether they be drugs, maybe it's endorphins, adrenaline, like in the case of Caleb. It looks like that's and that's probably why they call it the drip, because when you're you go to a hospital, they put in the IV, they call that your drip, and that's where your drugs are administered. So to me it just looks like an oral version and a more high-tech version of a of an IV that goes in your mouth and is permanently there. Uh, my final thought is Ciroc needs to stop getting caught in like this situation where he finds a Dolores and brings a whole bunch of his people in to like big unveil it. <laughs> and then she either blows them all up or kills them all with gas. I feel like he, that's happened to him twice now. So 
We'll see if third time's the charm and he figures it out. That's a fair point, Ian, because that already happened once and then it happened again this episode. You think if Sorok thinks he's all smart, all powerful, he would have learned from that and not let that happen the second time. Good point, Ian. My theory with Sorok is that he's used Roboam so much, it's become a crutch because he used it to predict the future and plays that, that he can't he can't look past what's unpredictable. Like he can't look past what's being spit out the other side of this advanced AI tool. That's my theory. Well said. I love that theory. I, ha- I was having some similar thoughts after you were talking earlier, your comments about Sorak and the, you know, Rehoboam. I was like, that's probably why he was so overconfident because he thinks Rehoboam can predict the future perfectly. And we've seen that within the world of Dolores and the outliers that it can't. So that's a great point, Ian. I love that. Yeah, well said, man. Oh, shucks. Thanks. Sweet, man. Lightening us all. I love it. All right, boys. So I, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. I'm sad there's only two episodes left, but I'm excited to see what's to come. So, uh, Matt, so why don't you tell them where they can find us? Yeah, you can find us wherever good podcasts are found on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and others. Uh, for this, you'll want to search What's Our Verdict TV on Again, wherever you find fine podcasts. For social media, you can find us on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Twitter as well, but our focus is on Insta and Facebook currently um, at What's Our Verdict Podcast. Come check out what we're doing TV-wise with Westworld. Uh, but a lot of our focus moving forward with Westworld ending here shortly is going to be on a lot of the movies that have come out digitally that will continue to come out. So give us a look there. Um, have some great things coming out as well that you guys can give a listen to. Perfect. Thanks, Matson. All right. I'd say that's it. We've enjoyed this episode, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye, everyone.